Hey y'all, I'm Mary Payne Gilbert and welcome to Pain in the Pod. Before we start today, I want to remind you that Pain in the Pod is now on Patreon. Patreon is a great way for podcasters to put out fun bonus content for their listeners and I have some great stuff already on my Patreon and more to come. So if you want to support the podcast on Patreon, you just go to patreon.com slash pain in the pod and I want to give a special shout out this week to my latest no pain, no gain level Patreon subscriber, Daniel Cannon. And I was so excited to see that and I appreciate you very, very much, Daniel. Okay, on to the show. My guest today is Vince from the Gone Cold podcast. So you've probably heard of Gone Cold. It is a true crime podcast that delves into cold cases, specifically in Texas. And many people have come on this podcast and recommended it. And so I gave it a listen and it's a great podcast, very interesting, extremely well done, and really gets into the nitty gritty of these cases in Texas. But it doesn't have to necessarily be Texas. You can love it no matter where you're from. So welcome to the show, Vince. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, like I said, so many podcasters have come on here and recommended your podcast to me. And then some have reached out to me, you know, on email or text and saying, hey, don't forget, (laughs) you got to talk to Vince. So I went to take a listen. And of course, I loved it. So I wanted to have you on. So tell my listeners uh, all about Gone Cold. Well, we um, cover cases, cold cases and missing persons cases uh, throughout the state of Texas, of course. And we do. It's me and uh, my wife Erica, and uh, Christina. She used to be Cold Traces podcast, but she ended up moving down to Texas, and we stole her away from her own <laughs> podcast, more or less. And w- we dive as deep as we can uh, into these cases. Generally, talking to family members, professionals, police, uh, retired police, you know, uh, pathologists, things like that. We try to concentrate on the victims uh, and the victims' families' stories. Um, of course, there's no getting around the, the crime aspect of it. But we also try to highlight the, the life that was lost or the life that is missing um, as much as we can. Uh, that's, that's more or less the point behind it. Well, what is your, um, what is your background Well, I don't have any like journalistic or, uh, you know, investigative background, nothing interesting. Um, I work as a, uh, I work in the aerospace industry more or less. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, So that's my nine to five and I've been doing that for many years now. Yeah. No background as far as this goes. Um, this kind of just. It was something that happened. Um, I, I, my wife is into true crime uh, more than me, and um, she kind of got me into it. We started looking at this one case, Carla Walker, which uh, really kind of pulled me in. And mm-hmm. the podcast just kind of came naturally from that uh, as we kind of brainstormed ways we could get attention to that case. Yeah. And, um, it it just kind of went from there. So, so it's been about a year. And so you and your wife were sitting around talking about this one case and you thought, I have an idea. Why don't we start a podcast? More or less. Yeah. Yeah. And it was actually back in 2017. Oh, wow. um, When we probably late 2016, when we started 
looking into Carla's case and um, yeah, it just caught us. Uh, it's an interesting case. We didn't feel like there was enough media coverage of it. Um, there was a ton of articles about it, but nothing about Carla herself. Um, right. Cause you want to make sure to honor the person that's lost more so than you do the person that, that did the crime. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the crime itself. Yeah. So uh, that gave us the idea to reach out to, you know, friends, family, police officers, things like that, to see if we could get the full story behind her, behind her family and, you know, how they dealt with it over the years. So what is everyone's role? Because I know you do the talking. So what so what does Erica do? And then what does Christina do? Erica research. They both research. Okay. Um, uh, Erica's like the, the master at, at finding family members, information, anything. She can find anything. Um, Christina researches as well, and she, she writes as well, too. Um, we kind of go back and forth on, on those duties. Um, and are you guys all right there in the same town? We are. Um, she's, Christina is a couple suburb towns away, but she's <laughs> yeah. pretty She's pretty close. When you guys record, do you all sit together? Or are you all doing it like, you know, via Skype or separately? No, it's just it's just me in here. And uh, Christina will, you know, send what she's got. If she wrote the script on a particular week, she'll send it to me. And uh, I rarely have to do much to it. She's pretty good at uh, writing it for my voice, which is great. She's amazing. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's pretty fascinating that there's three of you working on it and you've got two people researching it because I, I was thinking like for one person, how long would it take to do that much research for one story? I mean, it would take weeks to put together, you know, an hour and a half podcast. Absolutely. And th- that's that's kind of been an issue from the beginning. And we were so happy to get Christina on board because we were fighting, you know, Eric and I both have nine to five jobs and Christina does as well. So we were having very little time to, you know, really get out there between interviews with families. Um, I mean, that takes up so much time and uh, editing those interviews, as I'm sure, you know, are, are is just can be painstaking. Yeah, I was talking to a podcaster this week, you know, on an unrelated subject. And she said, you know, the recording part is that is the, you know, fun part, the easy part. She said, you know, but, you know, if you record for 45 minutes, she was like, I could be sitting for two hours getting it exactly right. And I have no background in editing. So I was, I was like, wait, what? And she said, yeah. She said, you know, for whoever is the person doing all the, the sound mixing and the editing, that's the part that takes the longest. You know, the, the sitting here and talking is the easy part. Exactly. It takes so much time. I, I'll usually do like, say for a 30 minute piece of interview, uh, with a family member or police officer or whatever. Um, I mean, for 30 minutes, it's like an hour of editing per 30 minutes, more or less. So it. Yeah, that's what she was saying. And um, because I have a great, you know, a producer that helps me out with that. I, I, I am always so stunned when people tell me that. And I think that maybe 
the podcast listeners in general maybe don't quite understand like how, you know, how long it does take to, to edit together what you hear. And a podcast like yours that is so uh, professionally done and researched, I, I can imagine that the you're very happy to have uh, three people total on your So team. happy. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how do you think that um, your podcast has evolved? Because you started it a little over a year ago, We right? started in, um, we dropped the first episode in July of 2017, Oh, okay. I was thinking 2018, but no, 2017. I, I know why, because we took, um, we actually took all the Carla Walker episodes down. Um, at uh-huh. one point we had a new, bunch of new information come in that we felt just had to be kind of thrown in there, mixed in there. So I rewrote and re-recorded all the Carla, Carla Walker episodes, which kind of we re- re-released them a little less than a year ago. And uh, that's what you're seeing on the, you know, episode one released, on the- whatever, 2018. Yeah. Okay. Because on the feed, it says 2018, but actually these were like reduced from 2017 yeah, with new information. Right. Well, tell me, tell me about that. Tell me about the new information that came about. Um, we ended up, what kicked it off really was uh, there was an individual who, was a part of the timeline for that evening. Carla and Rodney, her boyfriend, um, had gone to a dance and then they took off from the dance with another couple. And I'd been trying to get the names of that couple. And I finally got the name of the, the teenage boy who was one of the couple. And he was going through some health issues and couldn't talk. So, but I could never get the name of the, the young woman and finally, uh, a friend of ours, Kathleen, who has helped us a lot, she was, uh, she's got a connection to the case from back in the day. So she helped us get a hold of the young woman who was there that night. And so now she didn't have any, she, she, had, she wasn't a witness to the crime, but she was with them shortly before the crime and her recollection of the timeline was extremely important and sure. yeah, it kind of changed everything f- for us because the timeline wasn't exactly what we thought it was until we talked to her. In, in other words, it was reported wrong um, in a lot of cases. And we were confused on that because a lot of the family and friends would tell us a later timeline. And then um, this young woman comes in and well, uh, she was a young woman at the time and, uh, tells us qu- a different timeline. I mean, at least 30 minutes difference. So it was kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, putting that together. Wow. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about some other podcasts. This episode is brought to you by HP plus. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com smart for details. 
Okay, I'm back with Vince from Gone Cold. So you, we talked about the Carla Walker case and how how much that one has resonated with you and you researched it so much. And let me ask you this. Are there other cases, because you cover a di- almost a different one. Sometimes you have a two-parter, but you cover a different one every time. So are there other specific cases that have just stuck with you like this Carla Walker one has? So many. Um uh, th- there were, there are a few, you know, I got to know a lot of friends and family of Carla really well. And I got to know, uh, a case we covered that was thought to be directly related to Carla's June Ward. Uh, mm-hmm. she was found on the side of the road, strangled and severely beaten. Um, and I got to know her son and a daughter she gave up for adoption um, when she was a teenager and that one stuck with me through my conversations with him. Um, just the effect on his life and the pain in his voice was, uh, just sometimes, I mean, I wanted to quit this whole thing going, going Ooh. through this. It was just very difficult. I mean, for me, I can't even imagine what it is for him. Right. It's just like emotionally. Draining. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from your point of view, I mean, from the family's point of view, obviously it would be impossible to know what that feels like unless you've been through it yourself. Absolutely. Would you ever get any negative feedback from any of the stories that you cover? Or do any families come forward and say, oh, I wish you wouldn't have done that? Or is it all people are grateful? Um, so far we have not, you know, I've seen other podcasts get that, but so far we have not gotten that and you know some of the podcasts i've seen get that did like amazing jobs uh with the stories very sensitive and and stuff um i mean i imagine we will run into that at some point but so far um the families we've worked with and uh, some of the cases we've covered where we had no family to work with uh, i haven't heard anything from from those cases but we always try to reach out so the cases we've been covering lately have been cases we've ran into and really wanted to do, but we've not been able to get a hold of, of family members. And we kind of made, we made the decision to go ahead and cover those simply because of their lack of coverage, but they are cases we've been unable to contact family members more or less, but still really important to us. Right. And you would want the family to know, you know, just so they don't hear about it because you certainly, you certainly want them to understand that you're on their side, you know, trying to help, not just telling a salacious Absolutely. story. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I do think that's a, that's a super positive part about this podcast. And, you know, it's interesting in the world we live in with all the crime and everything, my daughter or my son or somebody said something in the car the other day about some school shooting. And they mentioned the name of the school shooter. I can't even remember which one. And I said, you know, I heard recently about how, you know, don't say the name of the school shooter, you know, just remember the, the, the victims. And, but that was really kind of a, like an eye opening thing for them. They're teenagers. And they said, Oh, you know, that's right. I said, yeah, because you don't want to give, the attention to the person who did the deed. You want to give your attention to the victims or the families, you know? So I think that's a, it's a really uh, fabulous aspect of the gone cold podcast. Oh, thank you. And, and that's so true. I've seen a lot of that. Um, 
dealing with these school shootings and stuff lately where they will gloss over the name of the, you know, perpetrator, which is great. Love it. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. too much attention for them. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful shift in the way that the reporting is going. Yes, definitely. And if we can kind of start it with the next generation, maybe, maybe it'll affect some change. But let me ask you this. So I, I was telling my husband this morning about the podcast I was doing today, and he's from um, Oklahoma, and he grew up in Texas. And and I said, oh. you know, there's this cold cases in, in Texas. And he said, wow. He said, well, I imagine there's millions, you know? And I said, yeah. And he said, how does how does this guy narrow it down? I said, you know, I'll ask him. How do you narrow it down? <laughs> it's, oh, it's, that's hard to say. I mean, we will, we'll always do our best to cover anybody that come that contacts us, you know, with a story with their family's member story or friend's story. And I think we've been able to do that every time so far. So we've been con contacted quite a bit. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I love I love that. That works out so well. And that direct connection, I don't know, it's different than just going out and finding one and blindly like trying to contact people. It's it feels a little weird. So when somebody contacts you, it's, uh, I don't know, it, it seems more natural that way. And so we've, we've been lucky there. Um, but that being said, we, um, particularly with the cases we've been doing where we haven't been able to find family members, those are, I can't tell you how we find those. It's, it's usually by accident when we're researching something else. Right. And you go down a, a hole of like a rabbit hole, like, Oh, this leads you to this or leads you Absolutely. to that. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly right. And, um, you know, so if we see those cases, they're not, they've not been covered, uh, enough. I mean, none of them are covered enough to the point of being in the victim or the family's voice to me. I mean, you hardly ever see that in the media. Um, so we often by accident, just kind of exactly like you said, we run down a rabbit hole, we find however many um new cases we jot them down we've got a gigantic list <laughs> <laughs> I bet, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah and we we come back to them when we can um if we found family members if we don't uh we may do them we may not you know it, it depends but yeah i imagine it's uh it's a it's a daunting growing list uh, you know, unfortunately in the world, the true crime doesn't stop, but the, the cold cases are the ones that, you know, will really, really, uh, stick with you. Like how come nobody ever found that person? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that, that's what really gets us. I mean, the mystery behind it, the lack of justice is just, it's maddening. And a lot of people put the blame on the police. Um, and right. I think that there's some cases where that can be justified. But I think in a lot of cases, particularly a lot of the older ones we do, it was just a lack of uh, the proper processing of evidence, really. I mean, it, the technology wasn't there. Um, it's so difficult uh, back in the day, you know, to solve these cases. Right. And, and there's so much new technology now with DNA and, you know, just you know, things they say now, like 
uh, blood spatter, they say, is now like junk science. You know, all things just constantly change. So that's why I think it's important to keep looking at cold cases because who knows what the technology has changed in five years, 10 years, 30 years. Yeah, yeah. And so since the podcast has been out, have you had any like major updates or, you know, cases solved up at solved in air quotes a bit? Have you had any major updates on any of the cases that you've covered? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, Carla Walker, the Fort Worth police, the, the new cold case detective, uh, she's been on for about a year, I think, if I'm correct. Um, she's been reworking the case, um, talking to the family and they just released a note never before seen by the public. It was a note sent to the Fort Worth police department that has a name redacted. And then it says killed Carla Walker. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I had no idea this existed. The family told me they had no idea this existed before, you know, it came out more or less. Um, so it was kind of a, a huge thing. They released the note and are asking for the public's help. And was this you who wrote it? You know, does somebody recognize the handwriting? Because it's pretty distinct handwriting too. Wow. Can I can I see a picture of that like on your Facebook group? Yeah, or? Uh, yeah. On our yeah. group, and uh, on our page. Um, I think we even put it on Twitter, I believe. So. That's kind of... Uh, it's kind of gives you chills in a good way, right? Like, oh my gosh, this could be a breaking thing, but also it's so creepy that somebody would do that. Yeah, it was really weird. Um, I first saw it on Facebook and uh, somebody in our group tagged me uh, in the Fort Worth Police Department's post on it. And I opened it. And I mean, literally, I mean, it felt like a panic attack I was having. It was, I couldn't breathe. My heart was racing. Uh, I mean, of course it was a good thing, but at the same time I felt I don't know. I felt like my heart was going to stop. It was, it was huge just to know that the Fort Worth police department is doing something, uh, is just huge. Yeah. And so obviously you don't know the name of that person, but if the police department knows it, at least they're looking into it and they're probably trying to figure out who wrote the note, because I assume the killer didn't write the note themselves to tell on themselves. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. We were contacted by a um, sheriff's department too. I I can't really say who, but um, who asked us for all of our, um, scripts and research on a particular case as well, which was pretty crazy and exciting. Yeah. And you turned it all over? Yeah. Oh yeah. Happy to. I would imagine that happens a lot, you know, with these cold cases that, you know, with the emergence of true crime podcasting and, and just, you know, like I say, like the Reddit detectives or the armchair detectives are sometimes able to find out so much more than the actual detectives, mostly just because they have time. Whereas the Fort Worth police obviously have millions of cases, you know, whereas if you're just looking at one for weeks on end, it might be a little bit easier for you to uncover something new. That's right. That's right. And, you know, Fort Worth, for instance, doesn't have like a necessarily a cold case squad um, set aside, you know, that the detective um, doing the cold cases, you know, she has to work homicides, you know, current homicides and, uh, you know, other cases. So yeah, she doesn't have a lot of time. So 
it's good. I'm glad to help. I mean, I'll give, give them yeah. anything they want for sure. Yeah. It's, and it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. You must make you like at the end of the day, like, ah, I'm doing something great in the world. You know, when you, when stuff like that happens, even when the note on Carla's case was released, I mean, cause there's been no activity in her case forever. And, uh, you know, yeah, when those things happen, it, that it's like, this is why we do this. You know, it's amazing. Feels good. Oh, okay. All right. We're going to take a little break and we're going to come back and talk about podcasts that we love. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups. It would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. Okay, I'm back with uh, Vince from the Gone Cold podcast about cold cases in the state of Texas. So tell me what is next for you and the Gone Cold podcast and your team? Well, we've got um, several uh, family cases. The last, the last several episodes we've done have, have not had family interviews and stuff. They're just they're stuff we really wanted to knock out. We've got several in the works. I'm not going to spoil any of them necessarily, but um, they're all family and friend interview episodes. Um, They're all at this point very, very important to us after getting to know the families and, you know, hearing their pain and lack of certainty on their loved one's case. So lack lack of closure. Yeah. So we've got a lot, a lot of those coming up here um, shortly, and we have, we do have one pretty huge case, Texas case, um, that's coming out in the near future as well. So, okay, cool. Well, I, I've, you know, every week I, a new one just popped up this week, and I got very excited. I love when a, a podcast that I really am into like a new episode pops up. It's like the thrill of my week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I love to talk, obviously I love to talk about podcasts. I love to talk about new podcasts. I love to talk about old podcasts, but mostly I like to discover new podcasts and I love to hear about things that maybe everybody knows about and I didn't know about or some, you know, sleeper podcast that not everybody knows about. So do you have any fantastic ones you can recommend? Um, well, I mean, as, as you know, Southern fried true crime is that's like on my tops of my list. So love it. Love um, it. Yeah. Um, there is a sl- kind of a sleeper podcast that I can't understand. Isn't why it isn't the biggest thing in the world. Um, uh, the nowhere dispatch, um, it's there's some true crime in there, but it's also about just strange happenings and kind of eerie history and uh, uh, all in East Texas. Um, it's 
That sounds that sounds. Oh, good. Lucas, uh, who does it? He's just an amazing storyteller uh, and narrator. So it's it's really good. Unresolved. That's a big one. That uh, unresolved was uh, one of our inspirations, I think, for um, for starting up too. Well, explain to me about unresolved because you know, full disclosure, I have not listened to it, but I follow them on social media and I see so much about them. So this is one of the ones that like everybody tells me to listen to and I haven't had a chance. So tell me some more about Unresolved. It's similar to Gone Cold. I mean, by the name, I'd assume it's Unresolved Cases. It is. And um, a guy named Michael does it and it's, yeah, it's all unresolved, not always, you know, unsolved murders necessarily. He does some, um, various crimes, not necessarily murder, uh, sometimes just straight up mysteries. Um, he's, it's just amazingly written, very sensitive to the victims. Um, he's, he's very passionate about it. You can hear it in the narration, which is nice. It's always nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't recommend it enough. It's, uh, so well produced and, and so well written. Um, and you know, I like, I like the unresolved, the unsolved stuff uh, as much as I wish these cases had closure. It's the mystery is interesting to me. So, yeah, you know, it, it's funny, like about if you read a lot of books, I, I do love a good story. I do love a good mystery, but I don't necessarily like a cliffhanger or things to be not solved you, you know, it's hard. as far as, yeah, as far as from like, you know, an English major aspect, I like <laughs> it to be wrapped up at yeah. the end. Um, so it seems to be kind of a, um, a theme on a lot of podcasts for the unresolved uh, cold cases and things. And it's, it's a little bit maddening, but it's also exciting. For example, in the state of the golden state killer that, you know, that eventually it gives you hope that it can get solved, especially with all the new DNA stuff we have going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, you know, a podcast like yours, uh, you know, draws attention to these things and, you know, get it reopened. And maybe it's just as easy as a DNA match. That's, I love the Jed match stuff. The, I mean, this, what they did with the Golden State Killer. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's the new, it's the new way to go, in my opinion. So, yeah. Do you have any other, uh, podcasts to recommend? Um, yeah. I'll do, I've got a couple. Uh, there's the fall line. They were kind of a big one for us um, yeah, starting up to um, true crime fan club. They were the same way. Kind of Lainey's a, a friend and she's, you know, she was uh, an inspiration starting up to um, also, and not to, um, to I, I guess it's kind of your uh, competition maybe. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Okay. What is it? <laughs> uh, it's a podcast called fascination street. Um, Kind of got. Oh yeah, I've, yeah, I've heard of this okay. one. Yeah, yeah. He asked me for an interview a while back, and I spoke with him. Um, but he just does a lot of interesting interviews. Um, I guess not necessarily in competition with you, because <laughs> he does like a lot of uh, uh, directors and uh, musicians. Um, what I like about it is they're kind of like off the beaten track uh, types. They're not, you know, he's not interviewing like Spielberg, which how much, you know, do you need to know about Spielberg? <laughs> it's already out there, but, uh, yes, right. But he did interview Ed Asner, which was really cool to hear. Ed Asner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
uh, his name just went out of my head, Lou. Uh, <laughs> he was Lou on Mary um, Tyler Moore show. Exactly. Uh, uh, yes, Lou. Yep, yep. Okay. It took me a second to, to pull that out of my like 1980s, <laughs> 1980s brain, but it, but it came back out. Um, Ed Asner. Yeah, okay. Well, that's pretty cool. I, Ed Asner was just in um, that show, um, Dead to Me, on Netflix. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was. He was a, a, a guy that was like in the old folks home that uh, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini, you know, befriend. And uh, I was like, oh my gosh, Ed Asner's still acting, still killing it. <laughs> was he salty? He was salty. Good, good. He was a salty old guy that had a lot of advice, you know. <laughs> right. I'll have, <laughs> yeah. to, I'll have to check that out. I heard good things about that show. So. It's really, really good. And once you start, you won't be able to stop. So give your, make sure you give yourself about eight <laughs> hours. Oh my gosh! Well, thank you, Vince. It's been it's been really great to finally get to chat with you after so many people telling me oh, you've got to talk to Vince. So I'm going to recommend to all my listeners to definitely definitely listen to the Gone Cold podcast. It's like I said, it's just it's so well done and researched. And if you're interested in true crime and cold cases, and you know, it's got a little bit of a, a, a Southern flair to it, and it is specifically to Texas. But it's you know, I'm not from Texas, and I have just enjoyed every episode I've gotten a chance to listen to. So uh, tell everyone where they can find more about you and your podcast and social media and all those fabulous things. Okay. Um, yeah, we're on Twitter and Facebook. Um, um, everything's slash gone cold podcast. So pretty easy. Um, uh, we have a website, uh, gone cold podcast.com. It's, uh, it's it's not updated as much as it should be, but but it's there. Um, but on our on our web on our Facebook page and Twitter, which is mostly what we do, it's uh, you know all our new episodes are always listed and available. And uh, yeah, and you can click through, and and you guys have a Patreon as well. We do uh, Patreon dot com slash Gone Cold Podcast. Um, we do have uh, it's ad free uh, to all all patrons. We do put special episodes on there as often as we possibly can. Um, at the, uh, uh, God, I don't even remember what we call the level, Panther City level, I believe. Okay, yeah, because of the Panther on the Fort Worth. The, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's funny. So, and and those those deal with uh, different Texas killers. So. Uh, who we think are probably responsible for more than what they were convicted of. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Just a, a product of our research more or less. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I will uh, remind my listeners, they can find me on social media at pain in the pod on everything. And like always, I'd love it if you would do a five star rating and review because that helps other people find my podcast. And like I said, at the top of the show, and like I just discussed, I'm also now on Patreon, head over there and see what special fun bonus content is happening. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much, Mary Payne. I appreciate okay. it. Okay. Thank you.